0: Welcome to The Minor Consult, where I speak to leaders who are shaping our world in diverse ways. Today, I'm delighted to welcome actor, musician, and producer, John Stamos. You may know him as the Young Rebel from General Hospital, Uncle Jesse from Full House, or Marvin Korn in his current project, Big Shots. But John's career is so much more than those in other roles. I'm excited to speak to him about sustaining a decades-long career in fickle Hollywood, and the impact of personal relationships on his career. John, welcome. It's great to see you. Thank
1: you. And you have a great voice already. You look great on camera. Uh, well, I have a I
0: have a, I have a face for
1: radio, and maybe I have a voice no, you for don't. radio you're too. Listening, listening to your podcast is <laughs> fantastic. And you said decade, four decades, I think. Now we're, we're going on. I think you said dec one decade. I'm decades
0: little- long. I should have been plural. Yeah. No, Who four decades. 14. amazing amazing run yeah. what what sustained you i mean you're you're always original and new and i those those who follow you um you know they, they we've seen you in so many different roles and um what what keeps you energized and
1: motivated well i always you know i'm always trying to keep learning for one thing you know we're, we're just a continual work in progress right so that's yeah. kind of keeps me going but I think. You know, I look back and, and as I was listening to your podcast, I, I heard you interviewing all these incredible leaders, and I was learning so much. But I was like, where did I learn to lead? Because, you know, of the last ten or fifteen years, you end up being the what they call the number one on the call sheet. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but yep. you, it's really a responsibility that I've taken on. Just to be, you know, a good example to the rest of the, you know, the cast and the crew, and show up early. I know my lines. I try to be nice to everybody. But I think I got it from my dad. And I think that, and I, getting to your point, I think I think that um, my longevity is more about a decent reputation, and I hopefully that I treat people well and I do my job well.
0: I make any it makes sense? such a difference. Yeah. I think that's been even more important during all of us. Were affected by COVID. Entertainment, yeah. in particular. Right. Can you describe your, your personal experiences during COVID in terms of how it affected, you know, your production, how it affected your coworkers? Yes. Um, and and you know, now that we're coming out of it, I, I think the need for
1: respect in the workplace has never been greater. Yeah, you're right. And um, it was been it's been a it was difficult for everybody, right? And and um, the it was a shock. What I learned first was that we we don't have control. And we never had control. That's what's kind of scary about it all. So yeah. we had. To, it was just such a frightening. Now the only silver silver lining was that I got to spend two years with my son during some pretty informative. He's just he's four and today. Was his first day at school, and it was very. I was crying. He was like, "See you, Dad. Bye." I think he might have <laughs> flipped me off on my way to the car. I'm not sure, but <laughs> his fingers, his tiny little fingers. Um, but uh, so that part of it was good. But but the the re, I remember it was like. God, it was like like the world was ending almost. I was on the Paramount lot, and my friends were down a couple stages, like, oh, we're, we're getting out of here, come on, let's, let's. let's. I was, I'm in the middle of a scene, Dan, I gotta finish. No, no, man, you gotta evacuate. And then, you know, the next day, we didn't come back. I'd never seen anything like that, I've never, right? I mean, you, you, you of course. Yeah. You, we were, was everybody coming to you saying, what do we do, what do we take? The reality began for us on,
0: the, early in the morning of March 6th, 2020, when we had our first patient, who happened to be a faculty mm-hmm. member, admitted. Uh, To our hospital with COVID, and uh, uh, it was like this is really happening. And then it was—I mean, we didn't know anything about the virus at that. I mean, you know, we were washing our hands for twenty minutes for goodness' sakes. Well, it turns out, you know. It's good to wash your hands, but that's Mm -hmm. not the way the virus is getting from one person to the next. We didn't know how to take – we didn't know much about how to take care of people. Uh,
1: Mm -hmm. We didn't have very effective therapeutics. We didn't have a vaccine. Why were Um, we so vulnerable? Why were we so vulnerable at that moment? And are we still for the next one? I think
0: think we've learned a few things. First, Operation Warp Speed and getting – uh, these RNA-based va- vaccines in record time. And that was amazing. No one would have predicted yeah. we could have done that beforehand. Um, there were some people who had been warning us, like Bill Gates, that mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. were in for a pandemic. And uh, But I think many of us uh, just like, yeah, add that to the list of all the other things that that we're maybe ever. we're at risk for. But uh, I think we're marginally better off than before. But, um, but I, I think rebuilding the trust in... Science, the trust in, in medicine. Um, that, that, I think, we've got work to do
1: on. Um, yeah, you spend your whole life studying and being a, becoming a dean. I mean, you're as high as it gets in, the, in this medical field and science. And then you have these people coming out, you know, shooting holes and so, like just for their own, you know, for their own good. I mean, how, it must have made you crazy. Well, I did quite a bit of media then uh, just talking
0: about what we know, what we don't know. I think it's important for... When we don't know something, that we say we don't, just to be honest with people, we don't know what it is. You right, know, right, right. we should never try to depict ourselves as having more knowledge, more understanding than we do. I think trust requires that we, uh, we, we always be honest, and and that when we feel vulnerable, we need to be able to relay that to, mm-hmm. to people and and how it's making us feel. But um, yeah, I don't fully understand how things became as politicized as they did. Um, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't have predicted that wearing a mask would be as controversial <laughs> as it is. I do understand yeah. that n- none of us likes to be told what to do in life. Uh, right. but I, I mean, how did you, what was the reaction in Hollywood? Uh, I'm sure it was varied, but among your friends and colleagues,
1: it was, you know, it was, again, it was, we were, it was scary because we, okay, we'll be off for a couple of weeks. The month goes by another yeah. month goes by. Yeah. And it was we just like you said nobody knew anything we didn't know and that that was scary and then when we went back it was you know it was, it was this protocol and I I was a little worried about going back and in fact you know I had a couple people on my show that didn't want to go and I got it there was some medical issues and also it was like I don't I don't want I didn't want to put everyone at risk but then at the same time I knew how important it was for people to get back to work to pay their bills yeah. to you know take care of their families and so. We you know we, we, we put on our masks and did everything that we were told to do and we did pretty well. For, we we got shut down the fr- uh, halfway through the the first season of Big Shot, and yeah. well, like we had about maybe four shows left, and we then we went back, and um, it, it was. Um, it was it was difficult, but it was worth it. You know, I think everybody was like, "Come on, we're a team. We got to finish the season. We have such good, such a good show here." I work with a lot. Of, it was I play a basketball coach who gets um, thrown out of the NCAA yep. for throwing a chair, and I have to work my way back up with it. all girls private high school in Laguna. So there was just a lot of young girls, and they were, and it was, um, and also it was one of those things where you know we were, it was it was appearing on our set here and there. They tested us three four times a week. Um, and I think maybe Disney bought a testing, you know, facility somewhere. I was like, that eh, guy is so smart. But um, so we did that, and then, you know, someone would get it, and they couldn't, you know, the, it was the HIPAA law that we, they couldn't say who who it was, and that was sure. that was just kind of weird because it, yes, of course we got to protect the privacy, and but then you try to figure out who it is. Being a doctor, do a lot of people come up to you and say, I, I, I got this hurt my wrist, how do I? <laughs> because I played a doctor on TV. I know you. I know you that. did. You did. Did you yeah. ever think about going to medical school? No, I didn't even think about going to college. I could barely, <laughs> I you know, I worked, I worked at my dad's restaurant, and and yeah. um, uh, he wanted me to take over the p- business. There was, you know, he had three restaurants, and he wanted me to go to business school. And I wasn't very, I wasn't great in school. I wasn't very academical, as I say, but um, I but I was street smart, Lloyd. Yeah, get my, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, but, but, I. He wanted me to go and, and take a business class. I, boy, I didn't want to go. And I went to the local Cerritos, uh, Cypress College, and I yeah. couldn't find that room, the sign-up room, you know, where you go inside. <laughs> so I went back and said, Dad, I, and I was working at the restaurant. I said, he said, all right, next semester you, you have to go to college. I'm going to take you if I have to, and you've got to take over this. Okay. And I, I said to myself, i got to get on TV. I got to get out of this college thing. And so I—I I, that was around the time I was 18 and I got on—I uh, auditioned for General Hospital. And it was one of those deals where it was – I auditioned on a Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, shot the first episode on a Thursday, and then it aired two weeks later. And I'm still working at my dad's restaurant. And it was a – you know, it was like 30 million people watched General Hospital back then, something like that. And my dad said, okay, good. You know, he helped Here's part of the longevity, too, I think. Boy, did my parents keep me humble. You know, he made me stay. Yeah. I had still worked at the restaurant on the weekends. And the shows were airing. And people were coming in saying, can I have a cheese?" Hey, aren't you the guy? Nah, give me a thing. But then the gir- you know, girls started coming around. It was a, <laughs> the interesting time was it was a, you know, that, that I was going from the caterpillar to the butterfly kind of thing. And girls were chasing me and coming around the restaurant. And so, Dad, I, like, I'm famous. I got to quit now. He eventually let me. It, but he always kept me grounded your son is named for your dad right yes that's right yeah 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 it was really special I wish I wish they were around to see him they they'd be proud
0: I just really would what are your I mean your son's four um, yeah. and congratulations on first day of school big big event yeah um, what you know thoughts about raising a child um, uh. in, in today's environment yeah.
1: what's what's important for you and for your wife Right. Luckily, you know, we, we're on the same page with all that, and she's she's incredible. You know, she's just yeah. – I, I can't – you know, I knew she'd be a good mother, but, I mean, she's she reminds me of my mother, which is the highest compliment. My mom had enough love to fuel a small country. It was just just love and, uh, um, you know, encouragement. My parents never – I think that's a big part of my su- success, too, is that they, they – I never put up obstacles. It was like, you want to do it? Do it. Work hard. Work as hard as you can. Be the best at what you do or at, at least really, really good. And go for it. Nothing, nothing could stop you. And I always had that. I mean, sometimes I like to try to go back to that. Like you lose that, that fearlessness, you know, where you just put it all out on the line. Um, but we're trying to, you know, people say, well, what have you learned by being a parent? And I I really realized why there are so many messed up people in this world, because it takes so much, I think, to try to be a good parent, even so much love and patience and sacrifice and common sense and attention and, money you know it it's uh how, do you have kids right? we do We have two kids both adults now yeah, yeah. it's been how wonderful. how was that oh, i was wonderful
0: good? they turned out
1: really they turned out great why uh, you should give me give me some advice like what is i always ask parents <laughs> with success you know with kids first of all how'd you keep them alive to, to how old are they now
0: <laughs> 31 and 28 uh so uh yeah i mean they uh i i Two, uh, you have a wonderful wife. I have a wonderful wife. And, uh, of course, when they were young, I was very much building my career as a young faculty member and working pretty hard. And um, But still feel like the time we spent together was quality time. And, you know, when I say they're doing well, they're, they're both doing things that they really, really love in life. Um, so our daughter's a physician. Our son <laughs> um, works in your industry, actually. He oh, does yeah? scenic design for oh, – for live theater and for film um, in Los Angeles, and um, which he loves, and so they're happy, and yeah. um, and that that's what really that's, matters. Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess just being good people, however you can get that across, but, you know, be having respect for people, having love yeah. for people. You know, it's just like, you know, um, and I see my my son has it naturally. He like my mom did. He looks right in the eye when he's talking, and that and that I love. You know, and my mom would find. If you she would find the best part of you and that's what she would define you as, you know, it wasn't all the other stuff. So um but I i just just wanted to be a good, loving polite young boy and he's none of those things yet, but someday. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a good kid, kid. So John, you you talked a little bit about, about being
0: fearless, and as I looked and I followed your career and you, you described earlier about your first role at a at a young age, mm-hmm. and uh you just went out and you got it. Uh and then You've obviously had a number of major roles uh, in, uh, in 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 film and television. Um, have you? And it strikes me that that, of course, someone who's as good as you are, it seems easy. Um, those of us know better that it isn't that easy. But well, what's been the biggest challenge for you? And and maybe talk more about this fearless quality because as I, as I look at your career, I think you've certainly displayed that. But I. I bet there are times where, uh, where there are things that 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 have concerned you, and
1: uh, well, a lot uh, of failures, a lot of failures. You know, yeah, you learn yeah. from them, and and you, like you said, admit when you're wrong, or admit your mistakes, or or take the hit. Like, okay, it's gonna, it's not coming back, the show or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, yeah I, General Hospital. I think I feel that like uh, you either have it immediately like like Leonardo DiCaprio or Jennifer Lawrence or somebody or it takes you 20 25 years to really settle in and be a good actor I think that's who I that's the category I fall into I mean I think I came out fearless like we said but um, then you start thinking and overthinking and you become famous or whatever that's about and you start thinking about that and how you look and, um, and so it's taken me this long especially with this show I could just sit back it's great writing David Kelly writes is the creator of the show and I could just sit back and, you know, do the written words and, and, and think about the character and not um, think about anything else. But through the years, I've had a lot of ups and downs and sideways, and I've had a lot of, you know, losing my dad was a big blow for me. He was my hero. Yeah. So I kind of took that pretty hard and kind of got off course for a while. And my mom died, and I got really off course, and I, I, uh, I had to sober up. That was seven years in June, and um, mm-hmm. that changed everything. You know, it was confusing the universe. I think good things wanted to come my way you know, and I always wanted to be a father. I always wanted to be a husband. I always wanted to be married and and live that life as my parents did with my sisters and I. Um, yeah. but it just wasn't happening. And I because I was not, I wasn't my best. I wasn't the way that God made me. I wasn't the way my parents raised me. I was just going down. And it's, you know it happens. and if you don't, you know, again, you make mistakes, hopefully you 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 fix them. I think I've, you know, I've done my very best that I could do on on being a good, you know, clean, uh, guy um, so i think that was you know that was downfall. i've did you know i i went um i remember after the challenge was go- off of, after full house you know um, Yeah. over the years i had a lot of mentors which which you know like adult male mentors uh, jack Klugman was the first one i he, i did a show with him he played my dad <clears throat> and he was great taught me a lot he used to call me the sponge because i really did want to i still do i just want to learn everything you know and uh, he did a very valuable thing, because I know John Max listens to this podcast, and he's a writer, you know. Jack would make me sit in the, in, the, in the writer's room on Wednesdays, whatever the punch-up night was, and he would bring in Gary Marshall, that's where I met Gary Marshall, Gary Marshall and Harvey Miller and, and uh, who else, Jerry Belson, these great, you know, old-time, great writers from, from The Odd Couple on the show. And I would sit in the corner and I'd watch, you know. So he was a mentor, uh, Gary Marshall be- became a really close friend and mentor, and you know, Don Rickles was a, one of those guys. So I just have such affinity for uh, these old, you know, these great classics. I mean, I, luckily I got to just graze up against, I was doing, um, I think it was the second year of General Hospital, and I wanted to play music on that. They wouldn't let me play. I kept asking, kept asking. And then Sammy Davis Jr. came on the show. And um, I, I said to my dad, I was like, who's this Sammy Davis guy? What's it? son there was no YouTube back then. There was no—I mean, these yeah. kids, you know, with with music, music and television. And other, you know, they can watch YouTube. They can learn so many things, which is so beautiful. But we didn't have that, so I didn't know Sammy Davis was. So he said, "I think he's a drummer, son." him about drums. So there was a set. He was going to sing. There was a set. Um, uh, you know, there was a band set. It was a talent show or something. I was the host, and I told him, "I said, I can't. Uh, I really want to play drums, but they won't let me on here." He said. No, he said, okay, hold on a minute. And he goes, he, he walks somewhere, and he comes back, and I remember him being very emphatic about it. He says, all right, just do what I say, man. And I'm like, what? He's like, just in the scene, do what I say, man. I do impressions, too, Lloyd, just in case. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty good one. It's not that good. And um, so he he gets on, I introduce him, he gets on the stage, he says, uh, does whatever he's going to say, and he says, "Block, you play drums, right? And I'm like, yeah, and they cut to me, and I'm just like, yeah. And it was completely ad lib that I walked on stage, so what are we gonna do? Said, Let's do some jazz. One, two, three. He's playing And uh, it was one of those moments. Again, fearless because, you know, I just wasn't I don't know, I just wasn't thinking about myself that much. But when when the challenge was leaving Full House because it was very specific when when they again Gary Marshall got me that show because he was working with he knew Bob Boyette and and Tom Miller and um he, uh, he he recommended for for the part, but it was tough. You know, it was very stereotyped. And I kind of wanted to do more serious work. And I wanted to, and and I said, Jack, what do I do? He hated the show. By the way.
0: go get to the theater.
1: Go to the theater. I said, I've never. Been, I've never done theater. You know, and I was never. I wasn't a great singer. I could play drums. I like. I'm a drummer. I'm never a great singer. But I said, okay. And I went and auditioned to, to replace Matthew Broderick and how to succeed in business without really trying. Never been on Broadway. I wasn't a great singer. But I thought. Okay, I'm gonna study 10 to 12 hours a day until yeah. I, you know, get there, and then once I get it, and I went in again, f- f- fearless somehow, and I went in and did my thing, and they said, "You're hired," and I, I've done like four, f- six, five, six Broadway shows since then, um, but i are th- finally starting to get fearless again. Like I don't, you can't hurt. I, I don't care. I got a family now. I don't, I don't need sh- you show business. You don't want me? Yeah. Who cares? And that that part of it, I remember taking. I, I grew up with Jason Bateman a little bit, you know, in show business, and he was got so successful. And I, I said, "Let's go to lunch." Man. What's the success? And he said, "I just stopped giving a shit. I, I don't care. I don't care anymore." Yeah. And as soon as I stopped holding on so tightly to everything, oh, this is if I don't get this, this is gonna. He said, "This everything opened up to, for him."
0: You know, being being a successful actor, you're you're always on. I mean, uh, you you describe being first on the call list. Certainly, when you're doing a a live you know Broadway show mm-hmm. um, how do you recharge what what's been important for you to because also uh, to continue to be successful you have to be new you have to be fresh you have mm-hmm. to always be on and uh, how wh- what's been your source of emotional psychic energy that keeps you going
1: hmm. that's a great question um, the key is when you come off a project like a Broadway run or, or successful tour with the Beach Boys, sometimes I will go out and do 2030. You have to have something uh, a cushion waiting for you because if you just come home and nothing's going on, you start walking in circles, you know, cuz you've just yeah, come off yeah. such a high, rah, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I usually, you know, most of the time if it's a long thing like a television show or something, you know, um I'll go on vacation maybe, you know, like I said recently we went to Europe. Well, we did some music there, but um sure. But you try to. But now I have my family, so I can just come home and hang out with Billy, and he recharges me every day. He puts sure. me in my place too. He was <laughs> we were driving the other day, and you know you probably know you want to be, you want to be cool to your kids. We were driving, and um, Kokomo came on the radio. I said, "Yeah, that's pretty cool, Bill. you know, your dad, play drums on Beach Boys." He goes, "Dad," takes a long beat. Um, do you know the Beatles? Smarter. Beach Boys aren't good enough. He loves coming. He comes to the shows now. It's fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm just blessed. I'm blessed and I'm grateful. And that's, too, that's it. I get up. I either make a list or I go in my mind I, uh, and I do like a grateful flow. Like all the things I'm grateful for. And I have a few f- friends that are yeah. in the program and stuff. And we, we do a text thing. But First we say G and then underneath we write all the things we're grateful for. Then we write mm-hmm. an F and then we write the things that fear, you know, that we're afraid of at that moment. Could be... You know the pandemic. It could be what's going on, in, you know, Washington, whatever it may be. And then, a for your attribute. What are you? I'm a father today. I'm alert. I'm a, I'm a, a human. And I'm you know I'm a. It's usually one word. I'm optimistic or I'm kind or I'm, you know, and uh, it's good to remind yourself. I mean, I, you know, any time that you get too much into your head, get out of it and go do service. You know, my mom was really into that. I've been doing a lot of work. And then my wife, God bless her, she. She wants. She started a podcast, and she could have done, you know, some silly whatever podcast about Disneyland or something. And she, it's called uh, "How Can I Help?" and she does this beautiful thing about uh, she brings on people that are change, changing the world, like you do. I'm not one, but your other guests are. Of you know, and they're just people that are doing good in the world. And she, you know, and it's been it's really lovely what she does. And not only does she just sit on the microphone, she's like the other couple months ago. I so said, "Where are you going?" I huh? goes, "I'm going to Tijuana. I'll see you, Tijuana." Well, for we're going to go take care of some <laughs> people down there and some kids, and it's like wow. So she gets her hands in. So she's she's been a great example too of that. But that's, that's it, great. right? That's a good key to just get out of your own way, be of service somehow, somewhere.
0: Did you, you always you, want
1: to be where you are, a doctor? Did you? I mean, no. I, I never
0: uh, certainly never dreamed about being being a dean until later in my career. I, I always I enjoyed math and science and really? thought being a physician was also a way to combine those and help people and. uh yeah. Uh, but I started out as a as a faculty member doing research, you know, building, running a lab, uh, wow. taking care of patients in my field, and then. Um, and what I, was I, your
1: exact field then? At, at that. that moment? Yeah,
0: so I study the way the balance system works, the inner ear balance. System. Really. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, we need more and, people like you. Enough with the singers and the
1: <laughs> Instagram
0: models and stuff. Come on,
1: you know. Wow, that's that, really that interesting. Was, what, what, it was what,
0: interesting. It still is. and uh, But others now keep that uh, that, that torch going. And right. uh, and I got interested in leadership because I, I thought, uh, you know, what I really enjoyed, I, I enjoyed my research a lot. And you did? We, we well, made, what part yeah. of
1: that do you enjoy? Like, you know,
0: what I enjoyed the most was mentoring and working with others. And that's what drove me into leadership because I realized if I was going to have impact beyond my lab group, which was, you know, sizable, but mm-hmm. but not huge, um, then I needed to be in a leadership position where I could recruit and help, you know, others build their careers. And so then that one thing led to another. Where and, did you
1: get that? Were your parents, did you get that from your parents, like that you wanted to lead, that you wanted to help a lot of people, not just to, you know, where did that come from?
0: No, I think it came from, uh, I mean, I, I grew up in Arkansas, uh, mm-hmm. so not not from an academic family, but uh, uh,
1: family oh, that there's some yeah. academic families there in Arkansas. No, there there are, know. but but mine
0: wasn't particularly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but 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 people who but family who loved me a lot and yeah. wanted me to do do well. So that meant for me that meant going away after high school, uh, and I haven't lived in Arkansas since high school. But still consider it to be you know to be sort of my roots in my home and um yeah. were they so been, proud of
1: you did what was the some of the were they are they still around right no
0: now. my parents are deceased but um but did yeah no I think people people were proud and um, mm. and I'm you know proud of uh, of of sort of my roots and mm. and and the people but um but I think it um the that the sort of meaning that 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 you get that we get from from interacting with others and you mentioned about being first on the call list and how you you set an example by knowing your lines by being there on time yeah. um, i mean it's, i've discovered you know, just a thing like showing up trying to show up on time for meetings yeah, you know right, right. It, it, yes, yes, there's yes. nothing Nothing more valuable for anyone than our time, right? Totally. And, um, and I'm sure that. for you when you're shooting something, I mean, you've got a whole crew in there. And yeah. if yes. someone yes. shows yes. up later, they don't know their lines. And you, you basically wasted the
1: time of dozens of people. Yes, for sure. And yeah. that's Those are all really important things. Luckily, I got them from my dad, who was always very yeah. disciplined. And he treated – I watched them in, the, in his – he had this little burger joints. But he would treat the busboy the same way he would treat – his most valued customer, and I, I've just never lost that. I, plus, I enjoy people. I like talking to people. I like asking yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, like, that's clear. You're know, finding yeah. out where they're from, what they do, family, um, uh, and it, so that that part is good. But what were we going to say? Yeah, number one. Yeah, all of a sudden it just started happening where you're number one, and it's especially now when I'm working with a lot of. Young, I used to be the young guy, on this show, shows, you know. And so you want to <laughs> you want to just be. And I've you know when people come up and say that to me, you know, you're a really good number one. I said, what? Oh, okay, thanks. It's, it, but, but I've realized lately that it really is a, a real responsibility. So, you know, sure. you want to stay focused. You want to get there on time. You want to know your lines. But you want to be good to others. You know, you want to be kind. You, you know, nowadays, too, there's 20 actors, 30, 100 actors in line that could do just as good as you. So they don't really they don't tolerate it much. I mean, if that kind of behavior happens on the set, and late and arrogance and pff, goodbye, you know, we're gone. And yeah. if I'm there, you know, on time or early, and I know my I don't lines, I'm okay learning my lines, but, you know, then, that, then they feel that they should too. Um, yeah. we, this yeah. Big Shot is a very good, um, it's a great, warm set, nice people and stuff.
0: You mentioned um, you, you've, you've been working with the Beach Boys for quite some time. Tell us how that got started. And um, and also, I'd love to know what your favorite Be- Beach Boys song is. What's your favorite? Gosh, I don't know. I you know I I'm a cellist, and so oh, really? I played. Yeah, no yeah. Kidding. You do a lot of I've, stuff. Uh, man. Yeah, well, that's that's kept me sane. Uh,
1: is that how you the, keep fresh? Like keep learning. So you asked me early on, like how do I keep interested in life and so it's just learning new things? Huh? With you
0: try to. I, I began playing the cello as a kid, so it's been a constant. And mm-hmm. during the pandemic, because you know, 18 months without travel, and uh, yeah, also, right. although constantly on Zoom, of course, but but no evening dinners or things like that for 18 right, months. So I right. was able to start practicing again. Turns out Zoom cello lessons work really well. Oh, yeah? Uh, cool. Particularly with uh, uh, my teacher on the East Coast who I studied with before moving out here. But, um, well, but what's, yeah, the, so,
1: what's the most famous rock and roll song that features a cello?
0: Gosh, I don't know what the most famous one is. There are a lot, lot of, lot of, lot use you know instrumental music in the background. But we we're
1: talking about Beach Boys. So what Beach Boys song features a cello? Do you know,
0: I've read. You know, when I was in high school, we did some transcriptions. Um,
1: but um, let me see if I can get. it. But the music
0: is very. I mean. It's
1: it's joyful. It's approachable. But listen to good vibrations. There's a famous okay. cello part on there. It goes. <speaking in> the <background> you gotta have a fast arms. You probably do. <speaking in the background> you know? yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a great uh, great feature of a cello in a, in a song. That's great. When you hear it, it, you like, go like, oh, that right, right, yeah, right. <laughs> Brian Wilson was a you know was a genius, and he would put together this orchestration yeah. he could you know he could hear everything. he was like a like a dog he could hear every every then and, and their mother Dennis Carl Brian were were, were brothers and then Mike love was a cousin yeah. but uh, um, Audrey their mother talked about the vibrations a dog can hear different different vibrations and different you know frequencies and stuff it was kind of interesting yeah, that's yeah. where good yeah. vibrations came from um okay. is that what you what did you ask? oh so I would love the beach Boys they were my all-time favorite group I don't know do you Who's your favorite group, favorite musical group of all time?
0: I tend to listen to more classical. I think um, the Beach Boys are certainly up there in terms of... um, And obviously been around for for a long time, right? And they continue continue to be fresh and meaningful.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the music has continued to be meaningful, more meaningful now. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Wouldn't It Be Nice almost means more now than it did back then. Or In My Room, such a such a melancholy, sort of lonely vibe about that song. I think their songs yeah. certainly have, have, have lasted the t- test of time because, you know, certainly, like I said, where we are right now, with Discord being at an all-time high and decency yeah, yeah, and an yeah, yeah. all-time low, like, thank God we have the Beach Boys music. I love the yeah. Beach Boys growing up. What advice, John, do you give to, you You described before that sort
0: of there are actors that, uh, that if you will, make it big pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the challenge is sustaining that over the course of a career, as, as you've done. And then there are actors that, as you mentioned, takes 20 years to to get a prominent role. Mm-hmm. What advice mm-hmm. do you give to ones in each category? Because I'm sure you're, you're interacting all the time with, um, with people who've been very successful early in their career who maybe are having a bit of a slump and yeah, yeah, yeah. also people that have been at it, and yet
1: it just hasn't quite happened yet. I guess I would say never give up because you hear yeah. these stories all the time, like a Jason Alexander who didn't start working until he was in his thirties, I guess. Or, um, but it's uh, it just, it's it's a different game now, you know, because of social media. And I mean, people become, you know, sadly they'll they'll will hire someone for a show and they will go. I, I, I remember, a time not for this show, but at times you go like, oh, is this really the best actor? actually look at their social media. Look at they have a million, ten million. Yeah. Come on, man, really? But I guess, you know, it's sort of important. But um, I guess you you got to just keep working at it and be as good as you can. And then do what I do if you can. Just don't get caught up on... It's harder even with social media. I couldn't... I don't know how I could have made it w- with that. It's such a drag for kids to have to read this bullshit, you know, this negative stuff on... I was... You, you were talking about one of the things that fueled me earlier. We were talking about just, you know, the wanting to do it. But I was... I was in uh, I was in eleventh grade, and I um, I was at this party. It was a block party. There's all these parties down the street, and um, I, uh, I someone came up to me and said, "Hey, this girl—oh, name names. She was the most beautiful girl at all of Orange County. She she thinks you're really cute. And she wants to go out with you." I said, "What, really?" And I it didn't happen to me at that point, you know, and I was very gawky and. And um, I went into the party, and I was telling everybody, oh, so-and-so wants to go out and make she thinks I'm cute. And then it kind of traveled down to the next party, then the next party, and then the final party where her boyfriend was. So I'm sitting in a car, and he comes out. I didn't know who he was. He said, roll the window, and I roll the window. And she starts f- f- wailing me in the face with fists, you know. And I had this big black eye, and I was like, so just, it was so terrible. And it was just the humiliation that I felt and the... and. You know, and there was no, the word bullying really wasn't around then. There was no counselors that taught, you know, it was just, and this guy, for, and I I had to go to school with him. And he would, he would, I had to be careful going around any corner. You know, he's writing on the walls, I'm going to beat you up. And I was living in fear. And I, and, and one day I looked in the mirror and said, I got to become famous I got to become famous and show this guy and I'm telling you I hate to say it because it sounds petty but I was like I'm gonna show this son of a bitch I'm gonna get famous I'm gonna have bodyguards <laughs> they're gonna beat him up they're <laughs> gonna hold him down I'm gonna give him a black eye and you know so yeah, that I'm telling you I can I can specifically remember certain you know milestones in my career it's like oh wait till he sees me you know? but now that I'm successful and fine I don't heart hold any grudges I've moved on. I have a great <laughs> career, but if I ever see him, <laughs> if I ever walk into a, a bathroom where he's working, you know, cleaning toilets, and I say to him, "Hey, hey pal, thank you." I want to thank him. I just want to thank him, dumbass. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it, but 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 was getting back to that. It it must be hard with the social media and you know. So if if you're dealing with that and it's turn it off. Don't don't read it. Don't believe it. Don't just get away from it. But if you want to be an actor or actress or there's the world is at your fingertips I mean there's you know your phone can make a movie. I used to make movies yes. on these six, my mom's 16 millimeter camera and you'd have to go get it developed and you know and then who do I show it to my parents in the living room now you' got phones you can make a movie put it on YouTube put it on social media so there's no excuse if you're not doing that do that for sure um, and then just be a good person yeah. like you yeah. Lloyd Minor. study hard be the best Mm -hmm. yeah
0: well John thank you so much in closing there are two questions I like to ask every guest first what do you think are the most important qualities for a leader today
1: and second what gives you hope for the future Mm -hmm. you give me hope my son gives me hope my wife gives me hope Um, if I look you know I think it is that looking through my son's eyes at, at things who's innocent and it's all new and it's all fresh and it's He's not jaded He's, I mean I guess that's the you know a goal too to keep them like that but it's fun to see the world through his eyes and and, and I think there is hope I I was doing a Beach boy concert recently and I said I was talking about I said you know there was a time when the whole world wanted to be us uh, because I felt because the imagery that the Beach Boys were painting the the, the, the tableau of optimism and hope and, and happiness and good vibes and being good people and you know and I said there's some people that say, you know we're not that anymore or we could never get back to that and I said and it was a 10,000 people I said but if they were here right now seeing this okay I'd like to show them what's happening here there was 10,000 people singing and loving and you know holding going like this and so it's here it is here I think that, that's that's what we can't give up hope because we have it in our hearts. We have to just listen to it we have to amplify it and um, we have to think of others but I think we could get back to, to that, I don't I don't mean to sound Pollyanna. I, I get what's going on in this world. I know the divisiveness. I, I get it, but um, I try to be positive and, and present the goodness in everyone, like my mother did. Um, and what was the other question? Uh, most important qualities for a leader today. Uh, if you guys are watching this, just look right at the camera. and Look at Dean Lloyd Minor, who is kind <laughs> and smart and uh, good to his students and, and people around him. I think that's a good leader. Okay. See, how well, thanks, turn, John. see how I turned that around there, Lord? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean it. I've, I've read all about you and I've thank been you. listening to it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on today. Thank you.
0: Thank you for being uh, with
1: me today and for being with
0: us today and for all that you're doing for all of us. And um, this enough. has been a great conversation, a lot of fun, yes. and very enlightening. Well, thank you. And thank you for listening to the Minor Consult with me, Stanford School of Medicine, Dean Lloyd Minor. I hope you enjoyed today's insightful discussion with award-winning actor and musician John Stamos. Mm-hmm. Please send your questions by email to theminerconsult at theminerconsult.com and check out our website, theminerconsult.com, for updates, episodes, and more. To get the latest episodes of The Minor Consult, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the podcast five stars. You got your it. Your feedback helps make this podcast <laughs> happen. Thanks, John. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. I look forward to our next episode. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and be kind. There you go.